See so many people coming in, the hall looks pretty full, which is nice. And uh, you know, you've all given up your Sunday evenings to come and practice together and uh, share some silence and share some time with each other and hopefully uh, pick up something that may be useful, I want to say. And uh, so I asked Ajahn Chirudamu, you know about this evening we say, oh, this is the these are the meditators. So I recognize you're all hardcore contemplatives. So you won't want any kind of frills, you want the straight truth. At <laughs> 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 least verbal waffle better, huh? So I won't uh, I'll go into a lot hopefully into too much stuff. It's going to clutter up the space and the silence. Um, but uh, so to keep it very, very simple, um, comes to mind the main thing, most important thing, uh, is to not hold on, not take things in and hold on to them. Something arises in your mind, not to. Adopt it as final, as real, substantial, as making a true statement about yourself, hmm? or about anybody, just <coughs> something arising in your mind. Don't hold on to it. Also, don't close down in shame or fear or disgust or guilt, or panic. Uh, if you do so, if you hold on, then your mind becomes tight. If closed down, the mind becomes tight. Either these, you lose the quality of awareness, of knowing, which in the long run is your best bet. It takes time for these processes of emotions and thoughts and worries and concerns to kind of settle and speak themselves out, run themselves out. And your best bet is to, in the long run, to keep coming back to the knowing is open, doesn't have a position, doesn't push away, doesn't hold on, it's a balance in the middle. So this is really what I would offer, and if that's enough. <laughs> but uh, so you'd like a little more technical detail on that. Because of course, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the time we either don't know that we're holding on, you know, or we don't know how to not hold on, it's a reflex, something's got stuck, you know, thought comes with the mind, you, you grab it, or it grabs you, and you're in this kind of wrestling match, you know, you don't know you're closing down, you just kind of blank out, look the other way, find yourself, your mind has jumped off a topic onto something else, you know, don't really know it's happened. 
because the, the sense of the knowing isn't properly established. And so in the meditation, what I was trying to encourage is to first of all get that knowingness which we all have, which is an aspect of mind, get it firmly supported, <coughs> stabilised, give it some backing, so it's got a little more gravity to it, so it doesn't, you don't drop it so easily when these reflexes, these jumps, these reactions happen, when these kind of spins and whirls and flurries and cravings or sleepiness just suddenly come rolling up. You've got something there that acts as ballast, if you like, gravity, if you like, centeredness, if you like, balance, if you like. And, uh, and then, you know, and then balance, as you know, is mostly a matter of knowing imbalance, knowing what imbalance feels like, the leaning, the pressure, the straining, the wavering, the unsteadiness, and acknowledging that you have balance. It's not beyond you. you know, when you go out of balance, when you're tipping over, the mind starts to panic, and oh, I am this, and oh, I'm going to fall down, and what's going to get hurt? This is wrong. That's right. It shouldn't be this way. And oh, no, what am I really going to do? And is it my fault? My past karma? I never can make it, and this kind of mind twitters in its in its panic as it t- as it topples over. You need to remind it, hey, 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 come on, you know, come on, don't get lost in that one. You've heard this one a thousand times. Has it ever taken you anywhere good? <laughs> Is it ever true? You know, every heartbreak. You know, oh, it's the end of the world. Broken, no, never, no, and then heart goes on. <laughs> you know, I want to die, I want to die, I've had enough. Cruel world, take me home, and then, oh, and it goes on. You know, there's never really the end of the story, is it? There's always the next moment. Yeah. Now, that next moment can be the continuing of this drama, the continuing of the soap opera of one's life, or it could be a moment when we think, hey, just come out of gear, you know, come out of that, just lift, remember, remember your balance, remember you have balance. You might say this is a colloquial way of expressing what we call faith, meaning confidence, mm. remembering yourself, Remembering your balance. And that comes knowing imbalance, knowing what it's like to be in imbalance. The heat of it, the smoke of it, the clamour of it, the gripping, the falling, the whirling, the blaming, the, the, the alibis, the justifications, the righteousness. Yeesh. <laughs> this is a lot of suffering. Yeah. So, you know, as the Buddha himself said, the first thing uh, when he first taught his five colleagues, the first thing is to doors of death is to open, um, bring forth your faith. And maybe the reason why people either don't meditate or feel they can't do it uh, because there isn't that, that faith that allows us to keep coming back 
keep returning you know, to come out of gear to come out of the, the ongoing soap opera mm-hmm. faith you could so call it faith in yourself faith in Dhamma faith in awakening faith in truth mm-hmm. faith in the accessibility of it faith that you can stop you don't have to keep suffering I must admit um, I can't say that I'm beyond suffering myself even though I certainly don't want to suffer (laughs) I don't enjoy it and that there's those moments when the mind blurs and you get caught in some kind of um, very convincing scenario worry, I find worry very convincing worrying about the world worrying about the Sangha worrying about the monastery worrying about my family worrying about my friends worrying about the future you know, it easily catches hold that's my one of my dominant tendencies so I have to it's t- taught me many things one is just how convincing all the worry scenarios are how the end of the world is always just a few moments away and in fact life goes rolling on <laughs> yeah, and the worry thing for me is always associated with this uh, very kind of generally good intention one wants to make things better one wants to help people, one wants to make people happy, one wants to establish calm and order, one believes in decency and the right and the good. I don't want the planet to die. I don't want these things to happen. I'd like people to get all the support they need. I'd like people not to get caught up in worry and anger and hostility and throw verbal daggers at each other. Yeah? I think this is really important to stop these things happening. It's really important that everybody lives together more harmoniously. It's really important we establish a good, proper training for everyone. It's really important. Yeah. And what I don't, in that sense of the really important, I remember what's really important, first thing that's really important is to stop suffering. Here then other things will follow through from that so you know what the most important thing is it's not other things that aren't important you have to know the most important thing and as meditators this is the kind of thing that you can cultivate and this huge array of concerns and possibilities and options and interesting things that can fill the mind vast isn't it things we can either look towards with excitement and interest feel trepidation about feel irritated about feel concerned about huge huge array and in that hugeness of the world of the cosmos we sort of get fuddled by it get hypnotised by it get mesmerised by it and you lose the sense of the priority. Yeah. Now, if one is 
hypnotised, one is taken in the world, if one is held by the world, if one is captured by the world, there's no way in which you can save the world. If you're drowning in it, there's no way in which you're going to be able to hold it up and support it. So the first priority is to come out of it. Like they say on the aircraft, you know, the first thing when these, I've seen these safety programs so many times now, I can probably do a demonstration myself. First thing, when those little air things drop down, first thing is stick the air mask on your own face first and then look after somebody else. Because if you snuff it, you're not going to be able to help anybody. Ah, oh, it's a good dumber. <laughs> it doesn't mean nobody else counts who cares it means unless my system's in proper balance and in tune how am I going to help anybody and how can I really know what I can do what is really available for me to do because the worry wart feels that they have to solve everybody's problems and once you've got rid of one please give me another one you're addicted to it So, once you're a worry addict, you know, then you have to take quite radical steps to, to, to rehab. Mm-hmm. One of these, I find, is just uh, coming back to the simplicity, the immediacy. Breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. It works. Kits things in balance. To be a bit more technical, you're still with me. There are certain things that um, you know, meditation is enhances or is mm, crucially involved with, and, there is, and the important one important feature of this is these are facets or aspects of mind are operating all the time. Um, so this is where you learn something, you learn and you tune into something in your meditation that then has a very far-reaching effect because these it refers to faculties or aspects of mental activity that are occurring all the time. And uh, three particular ones talk about uh, one is intention. I think I mentioned that before. Intention is the the aim, the volition, the interest, the urge, the drive, whether it's fluttering, pushy, forceful, gentle, the quality of activation of heart. Where we choose, where we go, yes, where we say, ah, oh, <coughs> yeah? our main aim, you might say. Intention. It doesn't, it's more than a thought. It's not like, oh, I'm planning to go to walking tomorrow. It's much more a heart sense of, and my intention is honesty. <coughs> Intentionality as a heart sense is not topic specific. It's not about I intend to paint the wall tomorrow. It's about quality of heart. So intention is I intend honesty, or I intend morality, or I'm intending patience, or in, in this meditation, we just did, I was saying, we set up the intention for simplicity and calm. 
So that's a kind of theme, like a, a note that you tune into. As, you, as your mind wavers away from that, you can bring it back to that particular mode of activity, that mode of, of energy, what's calming, what's simplifying, what's stabilizing. That's, that's intention. Yeah? It's not a thought. So the thought may help you to get there, but it's, it's a particular current of heart energy, the drive, the output of it. And when you meditate, one of the things you do is you become more tuned into that, and you, you're, you're honest about it. You try really to, why are you going to sit here? Why are you going to sit here? And you think, your intention is knowledge, Clarity or kindness or you know these are these are the stock intentions that are the the main theme of Buddhist practice. And the Buddha said in his own practice when he was unenlightened he set up he thought and considered set up three fundamental intentions by examining them and examining their contraries and he said when I feel my mind is going into um, harmfulness, violence, abusiveness. That doesn't do me any good. It doesn't do anybody else any good. It doesn't lead anywhere useful. But when my mind intends towards uh, non-harming, gentleness, could call it kindness, openness, non-abuse, respect, these kind of qualities, this is for my welfare, this is for other people's welfare, this is for everybody's welfare, and it takes me to a good place. It takes me to the cooling out of passions and defilements. So you set up that kind of intention. And of course, it flutters. Another intention is the intention to, um, you see, when I feel angry or cruel, dismissive, blunt, gruff, snappy, these kinds of energies, you say, oh, what's that feel like? Does it do me any good? No. Do anybody else any good? Nope. <laughs> take take me to a good place? Nope. So we'll stop that and replace it with something like compassion, openness, sensitivity, non-anger, patience, these kinds of qualities. And the third one, which is uh, sometimes difficult for people to really sympathize with, empathize with, is the quality of renunciation. So when I'm, when my mind is obsessed with sense, sense objects, with sights and sounds and tastes and, and thoughts, does it do me any good? Anybody else any good? Nope. Take me to a good place? Nope. But when I develop the sense of simplicity, letting go, contentment with little, that takes me to a place of dignity, calm, dispassion, balance. I'll do this. I'll do more of this. So those three core intentions. Yeah. So you say, well, how's that, you know, when I'm driving to work, what am I supposed to be doing? I've got to keep my eyes on the traffic lights. I've got to keep my eyes where the map, look at the time. Well, you know, my, my mind can't just be one-pointed. But surely when you drive to work, <coughs> Your fundamental intention has to be your safety, doesn't it? <coughs> to not kill anybody, to not kill yourself, and not have a crash. <laughs> you know, that's got to be in the back of your mind. 
as the fundamental. All these other little intentions, whether you turn left or right or <coughs> stop at the traffic lights or let somebody cross the road, they're secondary. The main current of it is don't kill anybody, don't kill yourself. <laughs> you know, these things are. And people lose that, don't they? You forget that. Your mobile phone stuck in your ear hole. You know, chatting to somebody. So, you know, you keep in touch with something that's kind of more underlying and fundamental. And maybe when you meditate, the beauty of that is you can, you can let go of the traffic lights and the, and the time. You just go back to the core intention. That's the joy of it. You really get to feel that. And you feel gladdened by that. You feel confirmed. You feel dignified in that. Because you know it's true and it's doing you good. And the more you go to it, the stronger it's going to get and the more its effects are going to be felt in your life. To not harm, to not abuse. Yeah. <clears throat> now when we think of, uh, just uh, to give too much detail, but renunciation, you know, how do you practice renunciation when you're shopping? <coughs> you buy stuff for your kids, food for your dog, what you do is you set up that thing just to see what's necessary. <laughs> see what's necessary. Yeah. I find this, uh, I mean, I'm privileged because my hands are tied. I've got no money. You know, and I've got no credit card. And nobody believed me anyway. I get, so, so particularly when I go through airports, nowadays the, the airports, I noticed every airport I've gone to, to get out of the airport, you've got to walk through this shopping mall. And you can feel the tentacles <laughs> <laughs> coming out of the walls, you know. Mm. Everything's glittering and shiny and luxurious and passionate and mystic and interesting and ephemeral and captivating. <coughs> this kind of sheer sheen of the superficiality of the material world. And I feel like I'm walking <coughs> through treacle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the stickiness of it all. They say, what do I need to do? I need to get out that door. <laughs> okay, you know, if you're going in there and you want to buy your dog food or um, stuff for your house, you set that in mind. I want to buy some toilet cleaner and some biscuits for Fido. And all this stuff about I really need to buy the ladies' gizmo, the ladies' gadget, I need to upgrade this. Stay focused. <laughs> Don't take it in. Yeah. you can sense it but you can learn something by sensing the pull of it so it's not a closure of the mind it's a steadying and an inner balance of the mind don't close down in fear or repression which is the, the shortfall of people who think of renunciation yeah. I think it's cutting things off Actually, it's to be, sometimes it's about finding that balance in yourself, knowing what your intention really is, the simplicity, what's necessary. You establish that rather than some kind of antipathy to the world or to senses. Just know what you really need. If you get that right, then you can feel this kind of stuff running over you. But it doesn't, you can feel the unpleasantness of having your mind pulled at. And, uh, no. This is what I need. We had a monk at um, Chittas one time who was uh, 
I think he'd gone a bit heavy-handed on the renunciation. His favourite word was putrid. (laughs) 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 He'd take it a bit too seriously, in my opinion. He'd talk about his putrid carcass and how he was glad he only had to wash two legs rather than three because two was bad enough. (laughs) So he had a... a, I think he'd lost the balance a bit myself. And so, you know, you drink a cup of tea and he'd tell you how loathsome it was. Stuff like that. And then one day he had this, made this confession that he'd gone through the, had the meal, the kitchen had this kind of all the food on the table and there's a, there's a place, there's a bucket where they put the pig slops, you know, the food that isn't necessarily needed. And he'd gone through there with his reflections on putrid, putrescence. And he'd seen an after eight mint in this pig bucket. <laughs> you know, his after eight mints had been chocolate. And suddenly at that moment his mind had snapped and he found himself foraging down <laughs> this pit bucket and sort of breakfast after Because <laughs> he hadn't really known it. He judged it. He hadn't really known it. And that kind of judgmental attitude, I mean, you know, maybe it's helpful in the beginning, but you see, it's not adequate. What you really needed is awareness. Awareness of being pulled and awareness of being steady awareness of what it's like to be pulled out of balance or something trying to pull you out of balance and awareness of what it's like to be in your own balance your own enoughness, your own dignity and that's what I find very helpful about renunciant life is it, if it's done wisely, skillfully, specifically it keeps giving you back your dignity, your independence, your freedom you're not taking a stand against things that you just, no, this is for me, this is mine, here I am, no thanks. Yeah. So then, you know, you see what you really need, what is really suitable. So these three intentions, I think, are very helpful to, to cultivate in your life. In the meditation, again, when you meditate, you look at how much you really need to, you've got half an hour or so, <coughs> could you leave that other thing outside the door? Yeah. Could you leave some of your story outside? Some of your issues outside? Just for half an hour, give yourself a break. And not to close it off, not to dismiss it, to say, now I'm prioritising this. A little bit of renunciation there. When you start to meditate, how much effort, how much do you need to make of it? How much can you allow the breathing, allow the body to present itself? How much can you allow the calming to take place without grabbing and pushing and worrying and fretting and tightening up. Don't tighten up. Don't hold on. Don't close down. Trust in awareness. Support it. The other factor of mind to um, keep referring to is uh, called perception, impressions. And this is very significant this is what the mind takes in. You know, when we may assume that we, the mind takes in sights and sounds and touches and thoughts, the mind doesn't. The mind takes in its impressions of them, those sounds and tastes and touches. takes in those impressions of them. Hmm? Does not take, the mind never tastes a thing, never sees a thing, never hears anything. It takes in its impressions of them. Hmm? Anybody know what Marmite is? 
Is it good? Is it bad? They say you either love it or hate it. I assure you that Marmite is, is the same, every jar is the same. Some people it's yuck, nasty, black, sticky, putrid stuff. Some people it's nectar. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> What's the taste? What does it do to you? That's your perception of it, isn't it? Your sense of, oh, that's enjoyable. Or, ugh. Yeah. So food is a big thing. When you go to different countries, there's delicacies that other people find revolting or tasteless. Yeah. Do they, they, they surely are the same thing and yet we tune in we have different perceptions different impressions get created just notice what happens you, know? you see something is it beautiful, is it ugly, is it big, is it small see somebody walking along are they cute, lovable, dumpy <laughs> what <laughs> you know? You see a shape, you see a, a man or a woman, you think, oh, he's really cute. You know, what, do you, what do you think you're seeing? Can you, can you really take that in? What do you take in? Yeah. You take in touch, try to take in the touch. Does it last? No, you get a kind of feeling of impression, a feeling of happiness, or something that fades, comes and goes. You get this kind of movement of the mind. It doesn't touch a thing. It just triggers off a feeling, a movement. A movement of enjoyment. A movement of more. A movement of less. A movement of no. A movement of yes. It doesn't taste, touch, smell, hear a single thing apart from its own noises, its own movements. And we, you know, you see you can project that out. One of the features of meditation retreats, a common feature called the Vipassana Romance. Yeah. You're sitting in a room, every sit in this room, in a way, meditating, things are building up, and things are building up. Somebody sees this woman or this man on the other side of the room, and oh wow, she's so elegant. Wow, she's so calm. Wow, he's so dignified. Wow, he's really clear. He's a wise-looking man. Complete projection. <laughs> you fall in love with something. You fall in love with one's own projections and you say, I want you now to be my projection. After a week, hey, you let me down. <laughs> That's perception. It's the thing that we take in. We adopt as the real And we start going on it. So perception triggers off volition, tri triggers off intention, triggers off activity. And we're just actually pursuing our own mind stuff. Just chasing our own mind around. Our mind is chasing its own impressions around. Isn't that strange? And yet what else is there? feeling, pleasure, pain, the pull of it, the push of it. When something feels pleasant, it's total. When something feels unpleasant, it's total. When you've got a thorn in your finger, the only piece of your body that exists is your finger. 
where the rest of it go? I can't bear it, my finger. <laughs> Feeling. Yeah. So often this triggering process, but there is a way out of this strange conundrum. And the way out, of course, in some ways, is the way in. What's that? You find that awareness, you stabilize that awareness, and then, hey, what's that? What's that that's moved me? Is that for real? What did it feel like? Where's it taking me? Is it bringing up greed? Is it bringing up aversion? Is it bringing up worry? Is it bringing up doubt? Do you really want to go there again? You have a choice, you know. All right, I'll get rid of that stupid thought. I'll cut out those feelings. I'll get rid of that sight. Get out of my planet. No, no, no. Just go for the perceptions and intentions. Calm and realign yourself to your intention of clarity, your intention of awakening, your intention of loving kindness, whatever you're using. And start to really back that up by breathing it into your body. Make it strong and stable. Give it some gravity. Give it some ballast. And then your awareness starts to open up. And you sort of start to really see this world and its compounding. And you get a feeling for this strange, poignant, sad, happy, playful, crazy world. There it is. Then you can choose then what you want to, where you want to, what you want to do, what you feel called to do. With clarity, take your awareness with you. These are important things to to get in touch with. Tensions, perceptions, feelings. This is what the mind moves around. <coughs> Don't hold on, don't take it in, don't close down. If you hold on, take things in, you lose touch with your awareness. If you close down, resist, fight, get righteous, you lose touch with your awareness. If you stay with your awareness, that's your best bet. So as you're all hardcore meditators, I won't uh, clutter your minds up with too much verbiage in the evening, so um, I think that's enough for now. And uh, if anyone would like to ask me questions, I'll be outside and ask me specific questions. I'm here for a few days, but being Sunday, I recognise probably some of you will have to get back on your treadmills tomorrow, so you might not have much time. <laughs> I've been liberated from my little treadmill for a while, so I've got plenty of space. So I'm happy to spend any time this evening for those of you who wish to ask any further questions or talk to me. And uh, just please, if anything has been useful for this evening, let it rest there. Stay with that. If there's something you've seen that's come out of the mists of the mind that is important to bear in mind, 
give you a few, a few moments to underline it. If something's been offensive, I offer my apologies. Wish you all to be well. Sounded.